This is episode 59 of Bella in Your Business. Welcome to Bella in Your Business, where Bella will discuss anything and everything about your pet sitting business to help you land on target. So get ready. Bella's got your shoot. Let's jump. Welcome to Bella in Your Business. My name is Bella Vasta, your host, and today I have Adrian McIntyre. Adrian is the guy that entrepreneurs, experts, and small business owners call when they want to get their story straight. Not like the story of what happened last night, but their actual true true story about themselves. They called Dr. Adrian McIntyre. He's a cultural anthropologist, definitely never had one of you on my show before. And he's a storytelling consultant who's worked in over 30 countries. You guys, he actually broke the story in Darfur years ago. Adrian has been telling stories on stages and in the media since he was five years old. And he's advised and trained hundreds of clients on high performance communication, business storytelling, personal branding, publicity, and media skills. He also has two dogs named George and Gracie, which I think is the most important part of this whole interview. No, I'm just kidding. Dr. Adrian McIntyre, welcome to the show. I am so delighted to be here. Thank you so much for coming. As a little bit of background for our guest, Dr. Adrian McIntyre, Adrian as I call him, and I met at a local conference that we both showed up to. And we were kind of like long lost friends. We just kind of started talking and have had many more conversations since then. He's a very intriguing and interesting person that I am pretty sure I can say you have not heard of in the industry, the pet industry ever. So it's a really unique topic. So sit down, grab that cup of coffee and listen up. So Adrian, why don't you give us a little bit of a background of who you are? Because I remember reading your bio. I went home the first night I met you, checked out your website and I read it to my husband because I was just like, what? You have quite the story. So just really quickly, tell us where you've come from. Sure. So I like to start by saying I literally grew up in my dad's radio station. So for me, I've been in the media my whole entire life, not just as the kid of the guy who ran the place, but we also started our own family children's program that when I was five, we started recording this show in our home studio. That's 1978 for those of you math nerds out there. And um, it turned into the longest running children's radio show in California history. So I come at story from the perspective of a practitioner. I went on to study how story works, both as an academic researcher. So anthropology, if you've never heard of it, is the science of human beings. And Mm -hmm. it looks at pretty much every dimension of what it is to be human. Yeah. The part that interested me was the way we use language – to form our identities, our groups, our cultures, nations, you know, et cetera, right? So I traveled around the world doing research and also engaging with people who were practicing storytelling. So I wrote a master's thesis about how museums create stories about the past, how they tie that into our sense of who we are, whatever the we is. And I was doing a lot of this in the Middle East, So I spent a lot of time, almost 10 years of my professional career working in the Middle East and in Africa. I had a little stint as a journalist. I covered the invasion of Iraq for Newsweek. And then I moved to Baghdad to work as a storyteller, kind of cultural analyst, if you will, for a number of international nonprofits. That took me then into Africa, where I also worked in Sudan, Kenya. So I've lived and worked all over the place. But What brought me back home 
And what brought me to the world of business was two things. One was a sense that the stories we were trying to tell to solve these massive challenges, problems, wars, famines, you know, just really tough issues in Africa and in the Middle East were sort of at some level, and I say this without meaning to be cynical, but it wasn't working, right? Uh So yes, I helped along with a number of other people to make the crisis in Darfur in the Sudan, the biggest news story of 2004. Yeah. But we didn't save Darfur. That's what the right. college kids were marching and chanting and everything, you know, back then. That war is still happening today. It's just as bad, if not worse. It's just become another one of those forgotten conflicts in Africa. So with my own personal challenges, you know, heartbreaks, some PTSD thrown in there from just being in these war zones and having only imagine. You know, stuff. Expo- I mean, nothing directly happened to me in the sense I was attacked or anything. But, you know, I had colleagues who would like leave to go out on a nonprofit friend. You know, my friend Rafe from Save the Children went off to do a nutritional assessment, never came back because his truck drove over a landmine in, in Sudan. You know, friends in Baghdad who were murdered. I mean, these are the aid workers, the civilians, the the do-gooder people. And, you know, just the weight of those stories became so much I almost couldn't function. And when I came back to California, finished my PhD, I really discovered for the first time another angle on story, which I had never thought about before. And that is the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves Mm -hmm. and the way in which that shapes everything we think we can do Uh and all the things we think we can't do. So I started working with individuals, with business owners, with people who wanted to get their message out into the world. I realized I'd been taking all this storytelling skills for granted and I could really help people. And in business, when you impact somebody's life, it shows up in their bottom line. Like maybe not tomorrow, but like next month. Like you can actually see the results. Yeah. And I realized that's what had been missing for me for all those years. So now this is what I do. I help people tell better stories, both to themselves about themselves, but also about their work, because that's what connects us all anyway. So I know you wanted the short version that was a little bit long, but that's, <laughs> that's what got us here to this point. That's why you and I met. It's all fascinating though. It's part of your story. And I think it offers a great context for our listeners that you're not just some random schmo that I just like said, Hey, come on my podcast. I want my listeners to understand that the people I'm bringing on are very much vetted and are very impressive to me. That's why I want to like literally present you all as presents to them and their airwaves because I value that you all are taking the time to listen to this podcast. So Adrian, I want to really connect this back to the pet sitters and the dog walkers of the world, the pet groomers, the pet trainers, the dog trainers. What you said was really interesting. It's the story that we tell ourselves about ourselves, because I think we could all think that we're not always honest with ourselves or we don't always have the right context because we're so in it that we don't have an objective view. So my first question is, why storytelling in business? Like why you have stories, you have business, you kind of said something about the bottom line, but help us understand how those are connected and why we need to consciously connect them. Absolutely. So I'll give you an example from this morning. I just came from a local (laughs) chamber of commerce and they did 30 second introductions and there was probably 25 maybe 30 people in the room. And what I heard over and over again was people talking about their business by describing their services. Yeah. Okay. So whatever it is that you do, dear listener, if you're talking about the service itself 
and describing it, you're going to have a hard time connecting with people in a meaningful way. Yes. Eventually that becomes important. But if you are not starting with who you are, essentially what I like to say is you've got to brand yourself first. Yes. And then people will be asking you about your business. You won't have to tell them about it because they'll be compelled to find out. So storytelling works on so many different levels because it's literally like the water we swim in. Right. Right. Fish are born into water and they die in water. They live their whole lives in water and they never see water as water because everything they see, they see through water. Right. Okay. That's what language and story is for humans. We don't often see our stories as stories because we're looking at the world through the stories we're telling and what we actually are able to see and then talk about is what shows up through that lens of our story. So how is it important in business? Well, first of all, it is the single most important way to transform your brand, your marketing, to get more visibility. If you want media attention, for example, some people do, some people don't. But if you're interested in that, it's got to be story driven. If you want to do better marketing, if you want to have better content on social media, all this stuff should be story driven. And you'll put in promotions and you'll do various things, but story is the foundation. Now, for most people, there's the story they think is their story. So if we're now talking about your personal story and, you know, Bella, you and I have talked a lot about your own journey and how you started doing this and the twists and turns along the way. And everybody has really compelling stuff that they could share, but mostly they sort of don't know what to do with it. Right. right? There's a story they think they should tell. And then there's the invisible or silent story they're telling themselves That's the reason why they haven't been telling that other one. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yeah, Uh, it's very complex. Very complex. And I love it. You know, everyone who's like, well, I just need to tell my story. The first thing I would say to them is, what's the story (laughs) that explains why you haven't? (laughs) Because you need to to alter that first. Right. Before you can unleash your natural ability to share yourself with people. By the way, storytelling is not an arcane expert kind of thing. There are literally no secret formulas. Anyone who's telling you that is trying to make it easier on themselves by selling you a template or a shortcut or something. Everybody can do it. You're born into it. You just haven't been shown how to use it. Right, right. I love this, Adrian. And we got to take a quick commercial break. But when we come back, I want to get back to that networking meeting that you were at, because I want to bring it down to a level that our listeners can kind of take and run with it. So we'll be right back after these words. Want to get yourself or your staff pet first aid CPR certified, but don't know how? Gone are the days of having to take off a day of work just to go sit in a classroom. Take it online. Pro Pet Hero is a veterinarian trained program given in modules that test your knowledge of the material at the end of each section. Pro Pet Hero can even give you a certificate to show all your clients and post it on your website. Imagine future clients being drawn to you because of your extensive knowledge. Sign up today, www.jumpconsulting.net forward slash CPR. That's jumpconsulting.net forward slash CPR. Use coupon code CPR-PETSITTER for 10% off. And we're back and I have Dr. Adrian McIntyre with me today and we are talking all about storytelling. I want to break it down, Adrian, and I actually want to get your critique 
I have a ebook that a lot of pet sitters have downloaded and it's called Barking Up the Right Tree, A Pet Sitter's Guide to Networking. And Love in it. there, I actually give a couple of scenarios that you can do for a 30 second speech. So you were just talking about that and I want our listeners to walk away with something tangible that they can actually use. And I am way up or like willing for some constructive criticism when you're talking about this story. So would you mind if I gave you a 30 second and you told me if that's something pet sitters could do or how they could tweak it to make it better? This would be fun. Let's go. Okay. So I always liked to do mine. There was a number of different ways. So I'll pick one. If it was like a small group of people, 25, I would say, I want to show a hands. How many of you get asked to watch your friends, families, neighbors, or relatives, pet? And people would raise their hand. Or another one I would say is, how many of you have a pet or know someone who has a pet, right? So it would be engaging at the beginning. I guess I'm breaking this down. I need to just say it, right? Either way. <laughs> and then I would say, well, the next time someone asks you and you really don't feel like doing it, think of us. Because did you know that there's actually people out there that make a living doing this sort of thing? We help people who are working long hours. We help people who don't want to put their dog in a kennel and feel bad about it. We help the people that want to get a GPS notification that their pet sitter has come, how long they've been there, and how many times Fido went number one or two. I know that you don't want to deal with that with your friend and neighbor, and you probably might even think they're a little crazy. But we are the solution for the crazy people. And I want you to think about us. Come up to me at the end. I have a gift certificate you can actually give them. And I'd love to talk to you more about it. That was a little rusty, but sure. I also no, used to start off with barking or meowing into a microphone if it was a microphone getting passed around because it would break the monotony and people would all of a sudden be like, what? And I'd be like, hi, I get to play with cats and dogs all day long, you know, and like go into it that way instead of. Hi, we do pet sitting, dog walking, overnight sitting. We'll walk your dog and fill up their food and pick up their poop. You know what I mean? What yeah. do you think about that? Or how, how would you do it if you were a pet sitter? So, okay, there's a number of different things I'd love to highlight, some of which I think are working and some of which could use improvement. Sure. And the great thing about storytelling, my if you ask me, Adrian, what's the one thing you want everyone to know about story? It's this. It is a practice. Yes not a finished product. Uh -huh. It's not something you get done once. It's not a slogan or a tagline. It's a way of living your life. Mm -hmm. Okay. And by the way, when you start telling better stories, you get to live inside those stories, which gives you better stories to tell. So there's this really fun, like your life gets better when you tell better stories and then you do better stuff and then you have more fun and then you have better stories. To like, <laughs> so here's a couple of things that are working. So one is I can tell that some thought has gone into who's listening. Uh -huh. By the way, any story has to be at some level about the audience right? or it's not going to be heard. Right, right. So this is the art of telling a personal history mm -hmm. is challenging sometimes because it, even what I shared with you earlier on the show is so much just about me. And it's only going to work at all if people are like either curious, involving the audience through curiosity, sure. through questioning like what is that? He was where? Oh, my God. Whatever it is that's triggering responses from people. And at the same time, you have to avoid being gimmicky, mm -hmm. right? Because if it looks like people see through it, <laughs> then it's like, oh, my God. So I'm not a huge fan of the barking, meowing thing. Uh huh. Personally, I would be like, oh, my God. But that might just be me. And maybe it works. <laughs> right? When you have a chamber of commerce, this actually happened. We were in Fashion Square Mall. 
And people were just like, people were starting to talk, you know, as people were like, hi, I'm a realtor and I'm the best realtor ever. Pass the mic. Hi, I'm a doctor and I'm the best doctor ever. Like people were just tuned out. So when it, it was more of a break the monotony kind of thing. And like people stopped talking and they were like, what's going on? You know? So I'll give you an example of something that worked really well from this morning. And there was a monotony for sure. But then a woman stood up and said, you know, hi, I'm Danny. And she was in, in insurance, like, a, you know, six other people in the room. But what she said was, I've just moved here to the area and I don't know anybody, but I grew up in Oregon on a Christmas tree farm and I'm used to looking out my window and seeing trees. And now everyone's house is so close to mine. I'm a little freaked out. <laughs> but what I'll also tell you about growing up in a small town in Oregon is I love small business because if you're not supporting local business, you're not supporting your own community. So I want you to know that while I'm trying to get my business up and running, of course I need clients, but I want to find out about every single one of you because I'll be your champion. That's now, cool. Was she selling insurance? No. She was selling was herself. She, it, you could even hear she's not ready. Like she's <laughs> got to get stuff in order. I went up after her and said, that was great. Let's talk. And she said, I don't even have a business card. Yeah. <laughs> but she sold herself, but not by selling. She sold herself by sharing. Yeah. That's the difference. So back to your thing, right? I like the engagement. You know, how many of you have ever, and I don't know if I would list off all the friends, families, neighbors, coworkers. Yeah. I would just say, how many of you have ever been asked to watch somebody else's pet? Uh Uh-huh. Right. How many of you have a pet and have needed someone to look after it? If you love pets or if you don't, like it's kind of a big deal, right? Figuring out how to manage this. You know, we're the people who take care of that for you. You know, I sometimes like to joke that pet sitters are people who love animals more than people. And of course, that's not really true, but that's the kind of people you want looking after your precious pets, or that's the kind of people you should be referring to the annoying neighbors that keep asking you to walk the dog, right? (laughs) We're here for you. We love animals. We got a bunch of unique things we do that nobody else is doing. I'm happy to explain them to you later if that's something of interest to you. The GPS stuff and all that, that's really cool, but only if you're already interested. Right, right. I see what you're saying for sure. I love it, Adrian. This is so good. And I'm positive that our listeners are getting little nuggets and light bulbs are going off right now. So what if someone says, I can't tell stories? Yeah, I say you can, but you haven't been shown how. We're so used to putting people on pedestals, right? Uh We see top performers in any field of endeavor, athletes, musicians, you know, community leaders, religious figures, whatever it is, people who we like look up to them. And what we don't see is the practice that got them there. We just assume it's natural, it's talent. There's plenty of research on this I won't bore you with, but to quote the title of a book on this subject, talent is overrated. Mm -hmm. Everybody's a natural born storyteller. Like I say, and I, you know, have a PhD in humans, so (laughs) listen to this. Every human being has native fluency in the language of story. Yeah. But just like your first language, which you learned at home without being formally taught, you learned it by sitting on laps and crawling around on the kitchen floor and whatever. That's what a mother tongue is. It's a language you learn at home. Just being a native speaker doesn't make you an extraordinary communicator. But anybody can. It's actually not that hard. It's more about getting out of the way the stuff that's holding you back from simply practicing. I would actually use the example of in our Facebook groups, Adrian, people come on there and 
we tell stories of what happened. Like, oh my gosh, this client, here's what happened. Beginning, middle, end. What should I do? You know? Yeah. We had a gal who was very brave. A dog got lost in her care. And we all supported her. And she went to the nine. She was up till three in the morning finding this dog. It ended very happy. And then she decided to be brave and tell the story on her blog. And of course it got like, it was spread everywhere. And it was amazing because she told the story. She was authentic. She was transparent. She even shared a screenshot of what her client said to her, like praising her. Thank you for doing amazing things, you know? So I would encourage our listeners to think about you are a storyteller because you tell them on Facebook most of the time when you're like, oh, no, he didn't (laughs) or listen to what this client did. So I agree with everything that you're saying. It's so true. And sometimes we just got to get out of our own way, like you were saying. And also understand how many different forms stories can take. So when you post a picture on Instagram, you're doing a kind of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And if you add a long form caption to it, which is, by the way, really working these days because Mm -hmm. it. Instagram's algorithm pays attention to how much time people spend looking at your posts and Mm -hmm. on engagement. Mm -hmm. So if you're pulling people into conversations in the comments or whatever, this is all a form of narrative relationship building. It's just the same human stuff we've always done. It's just using the latest platform. You know, it's using your phone and and the social channels that you have. And that's where I think our listeners, they're going to get the most advantage out of what we're talking about. Those long form stories don't just post a picture and, hey, this is Fido. Tell us about Fido. Tell us about why Fido is with you. What is Fido's mom doing that makes Fido with you? And what is Fido like? And what do you do with Fido? And why do you like Fido? And create. Don't be afraid to create a narrative around that and tell those little stories. Because when people are looking for pet sitters, they're outsourcing love and guilt. And they're also buying peace of mind, trust, and security. Because the eight-year-old next door could go walk their dog today. They're buying you and spending all this extra, like a lot of money for a reason. So they're going to be checking out your Instagram. They're going to be checking out your Facebook. And what stories are you telling on there? If there's one thing that this podcast, I hope you take away from that. Like what stories am I actually talking about? People are complaining, Adrian, all the time of, I need more dog walkers. I need more clients. I'm like, are you telling the story of it? Are you asking for it? Are you putting that message out there? Most of the time they're not. So as we kind of conclude here, I want you to break it down for us. What are the keys of successful storytelling? First thing you have to understand is that you already know how to recognize stories when they're happening, but be aware of the fact that story does have some structure to it. So the difference between a super boring block of text and a great story is that stories deal explicitly with the scene. Stories happen somewhere, Uh somewhen, and to someone. Okay. Uh-huh. So a lot of times this is a simple matter of the way you introduce it. Like, for example, if I was telling a story about the past, I might say June 2003, I was hitchhiking alone around Baghdad. Mm-hmm. You know, it was hotter than hell. Saddam Hussein's regime had just disappeared like six weeks before and nobody knew what the future held. So I'm like taking you right into that. Like literally just gave me goosebumps, like imagining that in my head. Yeah. <laughs> so and it could be as simple as last week. Put us somewhere. Like right. Scene, yeah. Okay. I so like the second that. thing stories have are characters. So mm-hmm. you're one of them, but you know, there's other characters in the story. Stories often have an emotional engine that drives them, a sense of conflict or 
suspense or whatever. And you can play around with that. There's no, again, there are formulas that people will teach you, but those are appropriate if you're writing a novel or trying to direct Lord of the Rings or something. (laughs) But for informal everyday storytelling, that's not necessary. Another thing that stories really have, and this is the key ingredient, the secret sauce, it's the truth. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean the truth like it's a true story. It really happened. I mean the truth like the thing that actually takes a bit of courage to admit. Uh-huh. If you think to yourself, oh, my God, I'm not sure if I could actually say that out loud. That's the truth. Like that lost dog story I just told you about. Exactly. And when you tell stories in a way that rings true for people, even when you're looking like, quote unquote, bet. By the way, everybody wants to make a good impression, but they think the way they do it is by trying to impress people. But then we forget, like when someone's trying to impress us, it's so unimpressive. Like we're not (laughs) the way to make a great impression is to tell the truth, share yourself, be vulnerable. And people be like, oh, my God, I love her. Mm -hmm. She's amazing. Mm -hmm. And not every story has to have a happy ending. Some of them are just an open. It's not figured out yet. Yeah. Telling them midway works, too. I love that. I love it so much. And I know that everyone is streaming with ideas right now. In fact, if you're listening to this podcast, go ahead and reply back in the comments somewhere where you got the link for this podcast. If you're not already subscribed on iTunes and Stitcher, of course, and tell us what story ideas you're coming up with right now for your pet business. We would love to hear it. And I know Adrian would love to see them too. Adrian, as we come to a close, I think you have a free offer for our listeners Tell us about that. I've got a simple guide to storytelling. It just at least points you in the right direction. There are six core stories every business owner needs to tell, Uh needs to be able to do it on the spot in various places. I'll just tell you quickly what they are, but then the guide walks you through it. So the story of who I am, Uh what I do, Uh why I started, what I stand for or what I believe, what I saw, what I see. And Mm. those are different categories of simple stories you can share, illustrations, anecdotes, examples. And once you're aware of how to use them, you'll get more material every single day as life happens. And you'll be able to say, ooh, this is a great what I saw story, which is a lesson or an insight or something. And it's usually happening in the past. What I see, for example, is a story about the future. And it's a great story to use in sales. Because it involves somebody else in a future that they imagine themselves being a part of. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I break that all down in the guides, the six stories you need to tell in business. And you can download that for free at my website, which is storyprofit.com forward slash Bella. Yay. Story profit, <laughs> yay. Uh, storyprofit, P-R-O-F-I-T dot com uh, forward slash Bella. Dr. Adrian McIntyre, thank you so much for being on Bella in your business today. It was a pleasure getting to talk to you. And I'm just so happy that you're part of my inner circle. So thanks for your time. And to our listeners, always remember to keep jumping. Thanks for jumping with Bella in your business. For more information, free articles, free coaching sessions, and more, go to jumpconsulting.net. And remember, Bella's got your shoot.